put your website to work while you play. A website works 24-7, so no matter where you are or what you're doing, people can still find you online. Start building your website today at GoDaddy.com. It starts with a .com domain. Enter promo code 199MYLF, that's 199MILF, at checkout to get your .com for just $1.99. Some limitations apply. See website for details. Sophie, and welcome to MILF Talk. Make your life fabulous. Uh, we like to talk about anything around here from parenting and money issues to sex and dating. Oh, sex and dating is yeah. good. We like to make self-help fun. Not sure how fun it's going to be today, but... Well, mm-hmm. <laughs> well hopefully uh, hopefully this will inspire you or entertain you or teach you a little something along the way. I am a psychologist, life coach, mother of two, and author of MILF 101, Make Your Life Fabulous. I'm passionate about helping people live authentic be real, man, and yeah. joyful lives. That's good. Right? Get your yes. joy on. So if you ever want to write to me and ask me an advice question, you can. You can find me on Facebook at Sophie Venable uh, or email me directly at makeyourlifefabulous at gmail.com. Hit me up for some free advice. Yeah, hit her up. Yeah. Listeners of MILF Talk, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. please welcome a man in a, the middle of an existential crisis, <laughs> Todd Anderson. Hey, Todd's actually got some questions for me today. Okay, yeah. we're just gonna we're just gonna we're gonna do it. We're gonna go there. We're gonna talk about. We're gonna it. talk about this. Yeah, and right. no, but it's actually a good subject to talk about. We're gonna talk a little bit about grief, mm-hmm. right? And uh, it's just gonna be all about life and death. Yeah, yeah, okay. gotta go there. We're Death's going. part of life. We're so, going. Do you remember when you first? kind of figured out death do you remember the first experience or like how old you were um, like a dog dying or oh yeah you know i think when my family pets when i was little died it didn't i it didn't uh, really register yeah like what that meant um, yeah but i do remember um when my aunt sue passed away that was the first time i realized oh because she, she was you know my first person that I knew right. died and, and I, I was like oh that this happens to people right and how old were you do you think oh I was in mm, yeah, I, w- I must have been in seventh grade because I remember my aunt Peg came up to me at the funeral and said I hear you're a thespian because I had just done my first play <laughs> and I had never heard that word before and I was like, oh. what? No, I am not. Thank you very much. Um, but as it turned That's out, That's like I the was oldest like, theater joke in the book, right? Uh, but it I really know, happened to me. It really happened so to funny. me. Yes, yes, it really happened to me, uh, which was funny. But so that's re- what you remember about the funeral. That's funny. Well, and I remember, you know, because uh, Catholic, um, oh, uh, right, Irish Catholic, uh, open casket, um, yeah, which you know, my wife doesn't like, doesn't care for that at funerals. But that's what I. Oh, I don't either. That's the way I grew up. So I almost need that to for the reality of it to sink uh, in for me. Interesting, because um, I lost uh, when I was uh, the summer in between high school and going to college. Uh, a, a friend of mine uh, was killed in a hiking accident, and uh, it, because of the nature of his death, it was you know a closed casket. Yes, so I never yeah. got to see him, and it I don't know for a long time. It and was he was just, young. 
So that yeah, it that's, was the it that was the the yeah that was horrifying. No, that's that's something that's something I've been struggling with this year actually too because I lost a very dear friend of mine who's and your age, who's yeah. my age, yeah. and, uh, and you know even in your forties you still don't really expect that, especially when they're so full of life and beautiful and yeah they bring nothing but sunshine to anybody's world and you know it was just just a tremendous loss that I'm still you know struggling yeah. with you know yeah just, those are the the <laughs> the ones that happen that are young people and it's a, a surprise you know mm-hmm. like the those really throw you for a loop but I mean even when you're talking I mean I'm going through it now because my right, father-in-law just, just lost your father-in-law away. right so, so so that is I mean and he'd been sick for quite some time mm-hmm. um, but it's still I don't know it's still something that I have such a hard time wrapping my mind around and it takes a long time for me to like if you know even if there's because uh, he didn't want to have a, f- a funeral or right that's what I was going to ask you because he very specifically said you're yeah. not going to have a funeral so not only did you not have an op- open casket you haven't been no, to any kind of closing no. ceremony essentially. No, we're having a sort of gathering at my house mm. this coming weekend uh, with like friends of his and, and uh, um, his son, my wife's brother's coming down from Washington to, to be there just to get, it's for ourselves. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. You know, we trying to create some kind of sense of closure, but I mean, even when I've, that's never really, there's something about it's it's grim, but there's something about you know open caskets that helps me with the reality of it. But mm-hmm. it always takes me like weeks, months, even like years for it to like process out of out of me. Like it just oh yeah, and, it, and it comes in waves, and suddenly it, it'll hit me again. Oh, I'm never gonna see this person again, and that I don't know that that's that's the that's so hard. To, like, that, that is that, that is the hardest part. That's yeah. what I keep going through with my with my friend because we had plans, right? You know, right? And that's that's the issue. I I had, um, I had quite a year in 2012. Um, actually, in 2011, it seemed to start. I lost uh, the owner of our dance studio, who was very dear to me and somebody that I saw on a weekly basis for mm-hmm. you know seven or eight years. Passed in July, and it was like at the same time that I was taking. Uh, my stepfather out for his, what we kind of figured was probably going to be the last time on his boat, you mm-hmm. know? So it was a heavy weekend, you yeah. know, and very challenging. And then, um, and then, um, one year later, uh, my stepfather did pass. So this was July of 2012. Three weeks later, my father who has Parkinson's broke his ribs. Mm. So that was the beginning of his decline. A couple weeks after that, Douglas Brady, who's my spiritual teacher and dear friend, died very suddenly, mm. 60 years old. And then my father died in November. Mm. So it was one, like, just... And and the interesting thing about my stepfather and my father is that they were both 85, 80, 85 and 86 years old, okay, respectively, and, um, and sick, mm-hmm. you know. And so on one hand, which maybe you experienced this with your father-in-law, I don't know, I was kind of... Relieved for them. Yeah. You know? I understand that. However, it's been, I don't know, we're in 2014. It still kind of surprises me sometimes that I'm yeah. not going to see them, you know? And I have my stepfather's piano, which is a very precious uh, thing to me. He played it for 70 years. And he was a dear man in our family. 
Um, and I kind of just, I, I need that. Like I, it's there and it's those little Papa mugs on there. And I just yeah. kind of like, you know, and my dad's microphone, you know, we did music together. It's like, I have those little things. Those are kind of what helped me, um, feel like they stay alive in my consciousness a little yeah. bit, you know, but are you, yeah. um, where, where do you stand spiritually? Do you believe in an after world or after life or, um, I don't think of it as linear. Yeah. I, I, um, I wasn't raised a uh, Catholic. I was raised Sunday school, Christian, not super, my my dad and my brother were born again, but uh, but we were raised. But after my parents' divorce, I was sort of raised agnostic for the most part, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I really didn't discover my spirituality until I was like nineteen. Um, so I don't have the religion thing to recover from. But my my um, my grandmother's funeral was open casket when mm-hmm. I was eleven, mm-hmm. and from that point forward, I never wanted to look inside another casket again because I was very upset about it. I don't like it. Uh, but that doesn't answer your spiritual question. No. Sorry, <laughs> no. sorry. It just made me think, as you said, with the Catholic thing, it's always open casket. Um, I sort of think of this as um, okay. I'm going to share a story. A friend of mine got in a very slight skateboarding accident when she was young, mm-hmm. 14, and she just you know hit her head on the ground, mm. and she was bleeding out. Mm. And she remembers watching. She remembers. She remembers sort of leaving her body and watching oh. the situation. Okay. And she felt that she had a choice. Stay or to go. To stay or go. Yeah. And she said, where I was was really beautiful. She's oh. like, it was really beautiful. Huh. And sometimes it's hard for her when life gets really chaotic that she had sort of made that choice, like, because she remembers the feeling. That's such a common, you know, story that you hear. Yeah. I mean, I've never met anyone who had that, but. But it was it was something really beautiful. She said she ultimately, she felt that she chose to stay for her little brother. Mm-hmm. Um, but she said, uh, this is so beautiful to me. She said, it's like you're made of water and you jump into water. Mm. Yeah. But she said, you do maintain your, your, Indiv- your, your individual, your, your like soul is sort of like, soul, you know, like, yeah. yeah, like she's like, you are your own. It's not like you just disappear into all the water. It's just, but it's like you've, you've just come into something that's just yeah part of you. Like it's all right lovely. And, and there was something about that that really just, it just spoke to me, you know, and I just thought, wow, that's, that's sort of how, uh, in my mind, I imagine that it would be, you know, that Mm -hmm. we're just kind of that, that we're kind of coming in and out of this plane and that these bodies are kind of our vessels for our souls. And, you know, many philosophers throughout the years have discussed, have discussed, you know, the, our existence and either come to the conclusion that it is meaningless, it means nothing, and it's our torture as humans to be aware of our own existence, you know, (laughs) or, that uh, we're here to learn lessons and that we're here, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, for me, I feel like it's, it's uh, I, that rings true for me that we sort of come in and out of this plane and we're here learning lessons about love and, and about, um, you know, that we are connected by 
love, I don't think of, I maybe 10% of me, I mean, you can't help what you're raised with, thinks of God as like, you know, a, a man in the sky playing chess and with a beard or whatever. Right. But for the most part, I think of, you know, God, and I'm making air quotes, as um, love and and this sort of... Um, it's like all one, like everything connected, kind of all one energy that we sort of move in and out of in different, in this, like we either have this form or we don't. Right. That's so, so when I think about death, I do sort of feel like my dad is just kind of on the other side of a, a wall there or right. whatever he's decided to do as a soul. I don't know. Like, I don't know if he's, right. maybe he's back already. I don't know. But you know, that there's just these, this kind of, uh, but that we're, but that we're always connected. Mm-hmm. Uh, either way, but I, but you don't always feel it, so it's not always that comforting. No. So even if you do think that, it's it's not necessarily comforting. I mean, I still will just be on the freeway and just cry about my friend Jenny. Like I just can't stand it. I just can't yeah. stand it. Yeah. That she's not here. I don't. Yeah, I don't have a defined system of beliefs uh, because I was raised Catholic and ultimately didn't didn't like it didn't like it (laughs) and I didn't like what they were telling me I could and couldn't do and and the concepts of hell and heaven and all that I just I felt it was all sort of fascist and awful so (laughs) I stopped I don't know that I've ever heard it described as fascist (laughs) well it's like just if you do this you're going to you're going to hell you're going to the oven yeah exactly (laughs) so it, it I didn't like it but um I mean I'm not an atheist but I I do have relatives who who are and and you play uh, one on television. I play one on television. <laughs> well, I you know I am agno- agnostic. I get well agnostic suggests Christianity, and I guess I'm oh does not it? Really, I think so. I think I it, thought it was just that you kind of you don't deny it. Or yeah, but, but I think it's you don't deny that there's there could be like this God a in the God. sky. Yeah, or okay. It could not be. Oh. I, I don't know, but I, I mean know. we're I think gonna have to look that. Yeah, up. maybe it, I should have done some research. It may, the, yeah, it sorry. may be more loosely defined now. Okay. It's like you don't know. I mean, I, I it's a logical way to go. I think with there's no proof. It's sort of you know Switzerland one way or the other. Yeah, it's like <laughs> kind of neutral. Keep yeah, out of trouble. Yeah, there's no proof <laughs> one way or the other. Uh, but you know, it's like when I have relatives who I see struggling because they're atheists. It like seems to hit them a lot harder. Oh, the death than it you hits think? the faithful. Yeah, I mean it's it's sort of yeah, a tool true. for mm-hmm. for for coping for coping. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and if it's not there, I think it's death can be more devastating. You know, I do. I have um, I have some friends that are that are atheists and um, and really struggle with sort of the purpose and the meaning of being here. And so death is a really disturbing concept because it's just over. Like when it's over, it's over. Right. And um, and I can't say why. I mean, I guess you would call it faith, but I, I it doesn't. It just doesn't ring true to me. That's all. Yeah. But it doesn't make it any better to lose somebody. No. You know, because no. because I'm very. I'm also well, very of this earth. I'm I'm tactile, and I want you present. And right. You know. Well, I mean, the other here. thing that you, I, I think. I mean, that I grapple with whenever I go through something like this is then, uh, you know, I grapple with my own mortality. Right. And that's what we were talking about earlier is that yeah. this has really, really made you think about your existence and, yeah. and mortality. And well, and also, because um, this is probably going to sound sappy, but I mean, mm-hmm. I love my wife and yeah. like, you know, h- hugging her and throughout this, like, I don't want to let go. And I, you know, and I don't ever, (laughs) you know, I don't ever want to, but eventually, you know. No, I get it. I get it. Believe me, the the year that I was losing every older man in my life. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
mine mm. was like, don't get in the car. Don't, like, don't do just, anything. Yeah. I mean, I, I still, I'll, I'll wake up in the grip of losing somebody like that. Yeah. You know, just, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And I just, yeah. And like, so I do like to believe that there's like another thing and, mm-hmm. and I can go and, you know, if I go first, I can go wait for mm-hmm. my wife Hillary. Yeah, just hang out till she's ready to hang out again. I guess. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, you know, at the same time, and then you know, I'm 42 now, and it it is true that I was, you know, when you're young, when you're a teenager, when you're in your 20s, like that. It just even though you know, like factually, that it's a thing yeah. mortality is a thing it doesn't feel like it's actually going to happen to you well and thank god yeah i mean and because then, but then you know. like you get like once i hit 40 then i started having like these weird feelings of oh mm-hmm. this is a finite thing oh yeah there's and something it about that freaks i think me that's out. you know that's part of that's part of a multifaceted issue which is the midlife crisis um but yeah we learn we kind of i of course bought a ferrari of course you did and i hired like a bunch of hookers excellent and went to vegas (laughs) (laughs) that's what i did of course um the you know children tend to become a little bit preoccupied with death around four or five years old Mm. you know that if they're going to they they do but then they kind of you know work their way out of it. But it's very normal if your four or five year old is kind of preoccupied or interested or worried. Why does it happen that you you don't know? I don't know. I could go back into my textbooks and maybe find out, you know, what one of the great theorists, uh, thanks, but it's just, but it just tends to be, it's a common thing. I'm not saying it's like, you know, um, but, uh, and then, you know, um, Hopefully, you know, you, you move past that and you sort of feel that immortality and you don't worry about it. And then you turn, you know, and then until about 39. Right. <laughs> and, then, and then you're like, And oh. then suddenly. And, um, and I think, um, you know, for myself, I feel, um, you know, if you, if you started to ask me about destiny and things like that, I'm very, I'm very up in the air about all that. Um, oh, you mean like, you're, like if you're you have a pre-planned l- yeah. kind of thing or whatever, but I know that I have sort of made a personal decision that I, that I want to live to be a hundred. Um, and I, and I have made some sort of what feels like some kind of spiritual pact. I don't know how else to describe that, that I'm not leaving my children this time because I feel like I have left children behind before. I don't, I don't, you mean I like, get, a, like when you're I was talking in about high school, yeah, yeah, like point? at some point, and I know it sounds crazy, but, <laughs> but even in high school, uh-huh. okay, in high school, people say, you know, do you want to have kids? And I'm like, yeah, I, you know, I do. But I knew already, I was already deeply in touch with the fact that I would love them so much that if I lost them or left them, it would be the most painful thing I could experience as a human. Yeah. I knew that in high school. Sure. I was already like understanding that I was going to have to grapple with that fear, with mm-hmm. that issue of mm-hmm. like, if you have a kid, you have now volunteered yourself for a relationship that mm. will devastate you should anything yeah. happen to them. Like I have been keenly aware of that from a very young age. Yeah. And so I don't know. I don't know why. That's all I can tell you anyway. <laughs> but I feel like on some level that, no, I'm I'm going to live a long time and I'm going to be here for my kids. I'm not leaving them. It's actually the only thing I worry about with dying. I'm actually, I'm not like, 
I'm not scared of what's on the other side. Mm-hmm. I'm not even scared if it was some like violent, painful death or something that that would even matter once it was over. Like it, it doesn't. I don't know if how you die even really matters. But the but the uh, because I I'm not really worried about what's on the other side. What I worry about is the reason I drive safely. The reason I do things I do is because I don't want to leave my kids. Right. That's it. Like there's just like yeah, that like makes my thing. sense. That's my whole that thing. Makes sense. Yeah. You know, and um. I, so, so I guess that would be maybe, I guess that, that answers the spiritual question of sort of where I'm at. Yeah, I do. So I do. Um, I don't know if reincarnation is some kind of linear thing of like, oh, I was Cleopatra and now I'm Sophie or whatever. Like, I don't, well, yeah, you know, I'm not saying that. Like a lot of people were famous in their past oh, lives. Oh, you're always famous in yeah, your past life. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know? There is not that much um, fame to go around. You right. guys. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, um, so yeah, the but but the notion that souls are eternal mm-hmm. and that love is eternal, mm-hmm. that rings true for me. Yeah, I'm. I agree. I I I still don't want to lose my boyfriend. I've just yeah. <laughs> I've decided that I don't. You know, I'm I'm not an atheist, but I, I've also decided not to define it because and not yeah. to try and pretend I know what happens. And do you feel kind of comfortable in that? Like, are you kind of okay with that? I, <sighs> Yeah, I mean, I guess um, it doesn't always offer. I, I mean, it's like when when I would look at my, you know, grandmother who was Catholic. I mean, mm-hmm. she had so much comfort in that. You know, yeah, she was going to Jesus when when it was over, right? Um, and that like level of faith, I don't, I don't possess that, right. Um, so I, I do, when I think about it, I can freak myself out about it. Oh, okay. Um, and, and mostly what freaks me out is the concept that the atheists are actually the right ones, that it's, that's it. Oh so that's yeah. It. Yeah. Like, yeah, you won't know. Just like a turn. Well, I guess not. <laughs> I mean, I guess not, but like, what if I did? Yeah, I guess you wouldn't. If they're right, it's just <laughs> over. Right, Who it's cares? Just over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Switch yeah. like a bug, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I just, I, I, I do think about that more than I ever have because yeah. I'm in my early forties and you're in your early forties and you just lost someone and you're yeah. looking, you yeah. know, you're looking at the, the the how life is fragile yeah, in a way. Yeah. It seems it seems when you lose a lot of people. The year that I lost so yeah, many people, I was like, I had an anxiety about death that I hadn't really experienced before, and I also had situational. I had I had like depression that I hadn't experienced before because mm. there's a point at which like getting out of bed is just there's just too much grief. Yeah, you know, it's just like so fucking painful right and um and you know when my when my dad broke his ribs like three weeks after mm-hmm. richard died i was because i knew yeah i knew what was, was coming yeah yeah you know yeah. and so um the you know so then you know i'm dealing with 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 aging and and i knew that you know douglas had had a had an issue you know potentially with his with his heart Mm -hmm. you know valve and but he was only 60 and but still i'm looking at people who it's the natural order of things you know we live 80 to 100 years if we're lucky and you know and and hopefully you have a quality of life and my dad really didn't have a quality of life at the end and so you know these things seem feel like the natural order of things but Mm -hmm. there's still you know you still go through the shock that the five stages of grief are, are um um shock mm-hmm. and or denial anger 
bargaining, depression, and acceptance. And bargaining is really part of that sort of bargaining for the power. What is the bargaining? Bargaining is is it's, it's a funny. I don't know why they call it bargaining, but it's but it's it's the I'm I'm going to kind of feel in control of the situation. Like, well, if they hadn't, if they had just run that test, mm-hmm. then they wouldn't have died. Or, um, you know, like there's all of that, like there's all the sort of feeling like you can explain it or control it or it could have been controlled or that there's a reason that it happened or there's, you know, feeling some sense of um, control essentially over why or how. What do you, that control, what it, what is, um, what is fueling that? Is that your like control over your own mortality or the mortalities of those around you all of a sudden? Because I know that makes sense because when my friend died when I was a kid, uh-huh. you know, I, I first thing was denial for sure. Of course. Because my sister came down to my room and told me he was gone. And right. I, I was like, who told you that? You right. Know? And she's right. like, my friend. And I was like, I know her. She's full of shit. Why would you believe a right. fo- like crazy phone call? You know, and my, like my dad got mad at me because I was like ripping into my sister. He's oh. like, calm, calm down. Calm. Right, like I was right. like instant anger, denial thing. Yeah. But then I did the, you know, because it was a hiking accident. Yeah. And he was alone. And I was like, well, he went alone. He went alone. He and shouldn't have that, gone alone. Yeah, yeah. And I do think that part of that is that is that need for just the control over death itself and, yeah. and not having that anxiety, right. you know, around everything you know i mean i just didn't want anybody to leave the house right and 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 yet the people that passed in my life had like long-term illnesses and were older and you know and like well, that's what i'm but, saying but, yeah. so but it's still you know i could hear my mom saying like oh you know god damn it they should have found this or this didn't work or this that you know and just really struggling with the fact that it was his time yeah, and he lived eighty-five years, and the last twenty of them were awesome. Well, last nineteen, right. <laughs> the last the, the last year was rough, um, but you know that um, uh, they saw the world and they had a, a beautiful relationship, and there were so many amazing things. And she just didn't want it to be his time, right. you know. So that bargaining stage, very very long time. I'm not really sure that she's She's in the acceptance stage. She's still bargaining. Thing, you know, I mean, and I understand it because yeah. I, I miss him terribly. When somebody's a really beautiful soul, and and they bring a lot to the table as far as you know what, how they make you feel. Yeah. You know, Maya Angelou says people won't remember what you say or what you do, though, but they'll remember forever how you made them feel. That's you true. You know, and and that is that is the truth. Take it from somebody who's been to an awful lot of funerals recently. Um. People talk about how kind you were yeah, and how well you listened. Yeah. That's yeah. what they talk about. Yeah. And um, they don't really talk about how much money you made or, <laughs> or anything like that. Right. Yeah. But they, they, that is really your legacy. And Yeah. What is it they say about your death bread? No one regrets, um, you know, not, no making, one, not making enough money. Right. No yeah. one says, like, I wish I'd worked more. Although I'm going to make a point. <laughs> if I'm cognizant on my deathbed, uh-huh. that's going to be the last thing I say just to throw, just to throw it off. The, you know, I really just wish I'd made more money. <laughs> 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 and then just go. <laughs> and then everybody's going to have to remove that quote. <laughs> yeah. I guess that's not true. Page. Yeah. I guess it's not true because this guy Todd said it. <laughs> I really wish I had made more money. <laughs> I know. Yeah. yeah, I really went through my uh, my own 
kind of existential crisis and in with with that and really looking at you know even if i even if i do live to be 100 or 80 or whatever um what am i doing while i'm here right and i think that's kind of the question yeah you know? And by the way, I should say this because I feel it's my responsibility mm-hmm. uh, as long as we're getting on this topic. If you are in crisis, you do need grief counseling. You can Google grief counseling or crisis support in your area. And the National Suicide Hotline is 1-800-SUICIDE. That's 273-8255. And please, please reach out for help. Okay. Yes, do that. We're going to talk about stuff like this. We got to like let people know there's help out there. Yeah, there's <laughs> so, tons of it. There is tons of it. There's and there's... and and. Um, I think that brings up an issue of, you know, when people die in your mm-hmm. family, um, you have a loss or uh, even more um, difficult, I think, to grapple with is when somebody does commit suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, that can be sort of contagious in a family. And, um, and also, um, people don't deal with death well in our culture. No. And nobody really knows what to say. And everybody's sort of concerned that there's a right or wrong way mm-hmm. to handle death. Right. And the truth is, there is not really a right no. way. There it's is like a, when you're the friend of somebody who lost somebody. Yeah. It, like, what do you what do, what do you, you say? say? Like, you always you always say, if there's anything I can do, you know what I mean? And right. Then, and then you, I always feel like when I say, you know, if there's anything you need, let me know. I always feel dumb. <laughs> right. After because I you're like, that, are they like, really going to call me what, and ask me to yeah, go get what groceries? What the hell can I do for? Yeah. yeah. What the yeah. Yeah. Um, most people can use um, help. Uh, picking up their kids from school yeah. or, you know, if you're able to do stuff like that, like sort of the day to day, because there's all this shit they have to deal with. Like, right. God, I mean, the oh, the day I had to go to the the mortuary and pick everything out oh. with my brother. And oh, my God, you know, that was that's not a day you want to be like jamming down the freeway trying to get your kid from school on time. And no, no you got to allow yourself time and. Um, uh how do I how do I say it? You want you want to sort of give yourself room for your grief, right? You know, to manage it. And and again, we don't get a ton of like time off work in our culture. No, for for this, you know, um, and people don't really know how to help. Um, but and sometimes you don't know how to ask for help or right. or what you could need. Right. And so I'm here to tell you one of the things you could use <laughs> mm-hmm. is somebody making maybe maybe making some play dates with right. your kids helping, or yeah. helping pick them up or just giving you a little bit more room or time or you know giving you space to like cry for the afternoon. Right. <laughs> um, and uh, or or you know maybe picking up some groceries. You know, mm-hmm. maybe somebody could pick up some groceries for you or you could take somebody a meal. You yeah. know, that's a very common thing is that people will make a make dish. Food, you know, they'll yeah. make make food for you it's and more, bring it over. I, it's more common. We did have a friend bring us some delicious soup. Um, nice. Um, but I, I feel like that's a more common thing because that's how I grew up because mm-hmm. I grew up in small towns. Yeah. And that was super common. Like when that happened, then there would be a lot of food brought to you. Right. But be- that doesn't happen so much in, in the city. Well, no, not in this city. I mean, uh, even with uh, with births as well, you know, like um, a lot of uh, my girlfriends and people in the birth community will try to remind people, like, go ahead and make a meal meal schedule, you know, and bring people um, a meal because it, it's... Yeah, that's like, like a, a that's a shopping trip they don't have to do and a dinner they don't have to make for their kid for their other right, kids or right. whatever or take out the they same. don't have to order and yeah. yeah and it yeah so it's it's um yeah because you know when somebody passes there's some expenses 
I mean, it's, it's, oh, you know, this is the yeah. thing. There's this, there's this big shift in the family and there's expenses and mm-hmm. then there's just time and grief and, and explaining to the other children or the children, you know, what, whatever it is, um, the family has, you know, a, a, even just in the initial month or two that it happens, depending on, you know, how you do the services or whatever, um, they just have so much more to manage right. within all of this grief, denial, anger, bargaining, you know, figuring right. out. And what if it is like a malpractice thing? Then they're dealing with lawyers and they're dealing, oh. you know, I mean, it just can get so hairy. And so anything that you can do to make the day-to-day a little bit easier, you know, bring a meal, bring something, you know. Yeah. That's one less thing on on their list. And you know what? In in my personal case, you don't need to wait for someone to die. You can just bring me some food. Yeah, Anytime, good to know. Be, be really helpful. Good to know. <laughs> bring them a casserole. Bring you're, some, you're not gluten-free or picky or no, anything like that. No, I'm not picky at no, all. I'll like, eat whatever. I'll eat whatever. Yeah, yeah so you're good. Bring me a just bowl bring, of mac and cheese. <laughs> just bring Todd food. Yeah, bring me that's food. A, that's why you wanted to do this. <laughs> <laughs> so I can get some food. <laughs> do you have a P.O. box or something? <laughs> they can drop it off. <laughs> <laughs> food in a P.O. box. I wonder yeah. how that would work. So what so so what have you been sort of what has this all made you kind of contemplate lately? Just I know I understand there's the, there's sort of the general anxiety about losing your loved ones, your yeah, you know, and, wanting to stick and my own mortality. But mm-hmm. I mean I think the thing that I'm realizing more because this is you know it, it's it's I remember when my friend died when I was a kid I didn't cry until mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I was at his funeral so and and part of the reason I didn't is I didn't feel like I deserved to have the grief mm-hmm. where because I wasn't his best friend yeah we were friends oh, but I wasn't I totally his best know friend what you're and I wasn't a member of his family and and uh, and I feel that way uh, on a certain level uh, with you know my father-in-law mm-hmm. because this is something that my wife is going through yeah. and I and and I just and you know and the other night we talked about it and I wound up crying I said I don't know why you know uh, I'm not um, but then I did and I felt better and the other thing I'm just realizing is like watching her go through it it's like yes. my um, compassion for her. It, it, is huge and I just feel like there's not enough there's not enough that I can do to you know and and I know that like logically in the end it's about simply being there yeah like when you're a friend or or a lover or whatever the the simple act of being there is all you can do and maybe all you need to do and sort of letting them have not only their grief but their joy yeah, like letting them have a it. good day, letting yeah. them have a bad day. And I think that that's really the the hard part is that, you know, my dad the, my, at his funeral, I was fine. Yeah. I did not look in the coffin. Okay. Right. I mean, everybody, my brother apparently just had just a giant bag of stuff for him. It was so adorable. Like he gave him his wild turkey and his bacon and his this and his, I mean, he gave him all kinds of shit, like his Packers hat, uh-huh. you know, and, and, and my sister said it was just so precious. Like yeah. it was great, you know, but I had nothing to do with it. I just stood outside and I chatted with people and I was fine because it just, it's, I know better. It's yeah. not my thing. I don't want to see him like that. I, but what yeah. I did was I made an eight minute video. I took pictures from pretty much his like his whole life and our whole lives and I included a song that I sang cuz I used to sing with my dad. Mm-hmm. So it was like three songs 
and it ended it ended with like the saxophone solo and mm-hmm. I had like a picture of him playing the sax like it was a really really personal process for me mm-hmm. so at the funeral like I felt like like I was really connected to him you know right. that was my process that helped me right. you know and and I watch it like every year on his birthday and mm-hmm. every, <laughs> so um that so that was I was fine that day. I was like in a good mood. Mm-hmm. Next day, fucking disaster. Right. I met Trader Joe's just wanting to go. Why are you people? Why are you all okay? <laughs> Why is everyone Don't okay? You know? Don't yeah. you know? Don't you know? Yeah. A sweet man has left the planet. Like, yeah. how can you all just be here shopping? Yeah. How can you do that? Like, it was so. I was just just a disaster. Right. You know. And then the next day, I was fine. And then the next day was a mess. So you, it's like being the loved one, like, you know, that you just have to give her room to be in whatever space right. she's going to be in, right. you know, because yeah. God, it's like, it's you, just it, up and down. Yeah. And it hits you in waves. It's not something you can get. I have a friend who doesn't go to funerals because he doesn't find them helpful. They're not how he grieves. He's like, I, I don't, yeah. I don't, I'm, I don't want to go to a place where for sanctioned grieving. I need right. to grieve in my own time. And funerals but, don't help him. They and just make valid. him uncomfortable. Yeah. I think he has the right to that. I yeah, don't think I do it should really be considered disrespectful. Well, and he has that problem has though, that issue, where right? people are like, "Why didn't you come?" Is disrespectful. And he's like, "Because I don't like." He just doesn't do them. I don't go to grave sites. Yeah, I don't go to grave sites. Yeah. When I drive by Forest Lawn, which I do, I'm like, "Hey, Dad," <laughs> but right. I know he's not there. Like, <laughs> it's not for me. Right. That for me is not where he is, you know. Right. And uh, so, yeah, I think that that I think that y- our our job, kind of, as the friends and and uh, loved ones of people that are grieving, is just to really kind of hold space for them to be whatever they're going to be. Yeah, in be the there moment. for them to. Just that's what I'm saying. You're just there yeah. to be there. I understand what you were saying though about that not feeling entitled to your grief or whatever. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because, you know, my 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 friend Jenny, we I mean we were friends for twenty seven years, but but there was a chunk of our lives where we I was in her wedding and you know, I mean right. all this stuff and I went to her second wedding and and um but we just because geographically, you know, mm-hmm. we'd kind of like reconnected in the last couple of years. But I yeah, I wasn't her daily best friend. I was right. I didn't know all the ins and outs of her life and you know, and she met my kids a few times, right. but not you know. And oh my God, like her passing just hit me so hard. Like it just kills me. And yeah. I'll just be driving down the freeway and just pff, all of a sudden, like yeah. out of nowhere. Because I just wanna see her. Yeah. You know, and I just think that's what that's what is left for us, you know, right. those left behind is like, I just, but I want to see you, you right. know? And so it's so, um, and you can't fix that. Like you can't fix that for right. Hillary. You know, like, you know, you can't, you can't fix it. That's yeah, what I'm saying. Can, it's like, the, it is being like, uh, the, you know, friend of somebody who's lost somebody. It, it's a, it can be a very helpless feeling because you want, because I want to, you know, you do. I do want to fix it. I do want to make right. it all better. I <laughs> right. want to do that somehow. Yeah. But yeah, I can't. Right. So that can that can be very frustrating. But I, s- I think you have to. It's the, the, you have to let go of that feeling so you can just be there. And ultimately, that's I think that's yeah. good, right? Is to be just be yes, there. because sometimes in the trying to fix it, you can just say all kinds of wrong things. Yeah. <laughs> 
like in some you're situations, really going to yeah. step in shit at some point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, certainly in this situation, but like in a lot of situations yeah. in life, sometimes there really isn't anything to say. No, you know? no, there isn't. And that's why, you know, you, you'll find that most people just say like, you know, my heart's with you're in my heart. I'm thinking of you and I'm right. just sending you love and I'm sending you whatever comfort, you know, that, that I can, that I can send you. And that's, there's really no, there's almost no right or wrong thing to say in the sense that um, I think a lot of people know that if you said anything, uh, that was nice of you because it is so hard to know it what to so, say. Yeah, like, at least yeah. you tried, I'm, I'm you know, yeah. <laughs> and um, and uh, we all know eventually we all know and experience that that feeling of disconnection of that yeah. that you know how painful that is as as humans and that's why i sort of feel like it is our natural state to want to feel connected to everyone and that's right. why we do grieve for celebrities we don't know or you know um friends that maybe we weren't as close to i had a dive buddy i had a dive friend die very young and it was it was devastating and i mean i'd been on like a couple boat trips with him you know just right. a super fun sweet guy and uh, you know, yeah, and he didn't make it. You know, yeah. he went on a very difficult dive. He didn't make it, and um, you know, it was fucking tragic. Yeah, you know, and again, that feeling of like I don't really deserve to have these tears. You know what? We're we're connected to people. We touch each other's lives, mm-hmm. and um, and even if your father-in-law just touched your life by touching Hillary's life, you know, that's all real. Yeah. That's all real. Yeah, you know, and so I think that. Um, um, we we sort of we sort of waste a lot of time, you know, sort of validating whether or not we can have feelings or not, right. <laughs> you right. know. But and it also, you know, I think it makes you think. Like, has it, has it made you think of like sort of what you're doing here and your purpose in life or your dharma or? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I I think about that sometimes. I mean, but I don't, yeah, I don't know what my purpose is. I'm just trying to. I just try to be nice to people. That's my basic thing. Well, that's be, a good purpose. Is to be nice <laughs> and polite. Well, that's like I don't have a lot of money to like build homeless shelters, but you know, I can give a buck to a guy on the street or something. I just try to be nice. Well, I think I I think that's a good way to live. That's that's all I can do. I actually found a story Uh-oh. because, you know, I wanted to like have something happy to go to, to, to go tell on. You. Okay. okay. Um and, and it's really cool and it addresses a lot of things we were talking about. Uh, in a senior living community in Davenport, Iowa, there's a group of residents and they sew dresses mm-hmm. um, to, for charitable organizations. So this woman, Lillian Weber, she kind of made it her mission to make a dress every single day for a girl in Africa. So she uses one pattern, but she makes every one of them a little bit different with like a ruffle or a bow or this or that, you know, so they're all unique in their own way. And um, by May 6th, which will be her 100th birthday, Uh nine years old, she will reach 1,000 handmade dresses. Oh, wow. Isn't that sweet? That is sweet. So she's, and and in the last two years, she's done like 840 of them. So, um, but what's really cool is um, the, uh, there's a uh, outreach group called Little Dresses for Africa. Mm-hmm. And they they've sent uh, they've sent out 2.5 million pieces of clothing since uh, 2008. Lovely people from Michigan, Michigan. They know how to yeah, raise yeah, people in Michigan. Yeah. Um, and so they heard about Lillian, and they're going to personally um, deliver some of the dresses so that she can have pictures of the girls oh, on them. That's awesome. Yeah, that so reminds sweet. me of a story I just read about a guy. He's a barber. Uh huh. 
and he uh, on, on his one day off, he spends the day giving haircuts to homeless people Aww. in New York. That's lovely. Isn't that the nicest? Th- his day off, he, th- he cuts know. hair for free. That's uh, I like that story. He's a better person than I am. Yeah, well, I can't cut hair, so I'm. You're probably better. Well, off. then he's definitely better than you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> better at cutting hair for sure. <laughs> no, you're a good person. But I thought that was a lovely. That is a, a lovely, lovely story. story. She sort of found she found some purpose in giving. Yeah. See, again, see, for me, it all comes back to love. Yeah. 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 She's giving it. Yeah. She's loving people. I love it. So that's our show for today. Okay. You feel okay? Yeah, I do. All right. I do feel okay. All right. There's Kleenex here, but you you look good. You're good. Yeah, I'm all right. All right. Keeping it together. So so if you want to help your karma live your dharma and you want to support MILF Talk, (laughs) yeah, support MILF Talk, (laughs) you can go to Patreon, P A T R E O N dot com forward slash MILF Talk and support our show. Uh, Even a dollar per episode, I will send you personally a free book and, uh, and, and thank you profusely. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, Sophie Venable, and find my book, MILF 101, on Amazon.com. You can find Todd on Film Pigs, which is on... Film, well, you can go to filmpigs.com oh, okay. or geeknation.com okay. to see the Film Pigs web series. Okay, and set your DVRs for... You're the Worst. On FX. Thursday's 10.30. Yay. And thank you for being here, Todd. Thanks for having me. All right. And Pleasure as always. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening.